Welcome to Impact and Freedom with your host, Jason Feldman. All right. Welcome to Impact and Freedom. I am Jason, and I am so excited to have my man, Legacy Builder CS, on the show today. Welcome to the show. Good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. You have an incredible amount of Twitter followers. You've been on Twitter for a long time. Um, and I would love to, uh, love to know like, uh, what, what got you to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So I started on Twitter almost two years ago and it was on a whim. I was sitting in my house. I tell this story often. So I was sitting in my house. I was working a full nine to five job. I had a tremendous amount of debt. I had $30,000 in credit card debt and I was trying to figure out how I was going to pay my bills. My wife was asleep on the couch. My, I just had a newborn. She was about six months old or sleeping upstairs. I had a three-year-old and I was doing it like a lot of people do. I was scrolling on my own personal Twitter and I saw this guy and he said, I make a thousand dollars a week on Twitter. And I thought he was full of it, to be honest with you, man. I was like, <laughs> man, there's no way this guy's making that kind of money. And so I clicked on his page. I bought a $29 Gumroad course, and I started launching my Twitter platform. I did a, I did Legacy Builder. I had a Canva profile picture, a beach banner, and my wife woke up while I was doing it. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm writing my first Twitter thread. And she said, okay. And she rolled over and man, that was, that led into a whole heap of mess, man. I started posting every day. I had no idea what I was doing. I went down the road of affiliate marketing, Amazon, drop shipping, eBay, reselling, um, just about anything that the internet tells you that you can make money on. And I failed at all those things. And then I realized uh, that I, I love writing. I love telling my story. I talked to a couple of guys and they said, man, you should just lean into your story. And I started telling people about my story. I was adopted as a child. Uh, my, my mother battled with prostitution, battled with drug addiction um, before I was born. And then I was adopted. My dad battled with alcohol, uh, had a lot of drug addiction in my family. My mother passed away when I was eight. And I went through a lot of trials in my childhood and I just shared that with my audience and it resonated. And I started talking about lessons that I would teach my kids. I started talking about mindset, positivity, believing in yourself, determination, grit, and all that stuff started compounding. Last March, I gained 40,000 followers in a month. My account started taking off and that's when uh, Dakota Robertson actually reached out to me and asked if I wanted to write threads for his agency. And I did. And so I was trying to make some money, man. So he started paying me $50 a thread. I'll never forget it. And I was pumping out threads, man. I was making a couple grand a month. And then he told me he could help me actually launch uh, my own agency. And so I invested in that and I never looked back. And uh, a little over 75 days ago, I quit my nine to five job that I had spent over my whole life building. I had reached the pinnacle of success by a lot of societal measures and but it really came down to one simple thing. And I wanted to spend more time with my family. I want to spend more time with mm. my wife and my kids. And I wanted more freedom. And I had to make that decision. I was 
I was looking pretty bad, man. I was working 80, 90 hour weeks. Uh, mm. I was the heaviest I had ever been uh, since I got out of college. And I just had, a, I was at a crossroads. So I made that decision to walk away from my nine to five. And it's, it's actually been the best thing that's ever happened to me. What, what were you doing? I was a, uh, I was in nonprofit fundraising for seven years. So I worked in higher ed and nonprofit fundraising. Um, I got all the way up to a vice president role and I, uh, I had reached a lot of success, man. So I did a lot of fundraising, major gifts mostly, and then uh, somehow became a Twitter writer at the same time. So I would work on lunch breaks. I would work late into two o'clock in the morning. And I mean, man, it was a journey. It was a lot of long hours. My wife supported me the entire time, uh, helping with the kids, got in where I could. As soon as we put the kids to bed, I would be on my computer tweeting. That's crazy, dude. I I just interviewed uh, Danny Singson, and he made a transition out of um, out of uh, he was a sergeant police uh, police officer. Same wow. situation though, working like ninety hour weeks. Mm-hmm. Just it's so crazy too, because I mean it's so hard to have a life, and um, yeah. especially when you married with kids and all that stuff. So I. I totally feel you on that. I, I think it's um it's so hard. I, I think it's easier when you don't have much to walk away from to go into something new. But when right. you're already kind of successful or you are successful at something, right. even if it's at the cost of extra hours, it's dude, that's not an easy thing to walk away from. No. Especially after years. Absolutely, so, man. That's the that's the comfort aspect we talk about a lot in society, right? I mean, everybody yeah. has a threshold of comfort and um, yep. really what it comes down to is when, and this is why I tell people in entrepreneur journey all the time. It's like, you have to make a decision on how much you can keep up with. And there's only so many hours in the day. And so mm-hmm. once it started taking away from my family and my health, then that was time to make a decision. Right. I mean, I, yeah. I wrote it for as long as I could. I mean, paid off a lot of debt but I felt like I was living two lives. Like I was going to work and clocking in. Then I was clocking out, clocking into another job. And um, I could see the end goal. And I think a lot of us can, when we're, uh, when we finally kind of get over that hump, when we first start, it's like, what am I doing? You know, like, is this ever going to work out? Most people quit. And then once you kind of get that first win or that first dollar you make online or the first post that goes viral, you're like, Oh, maybe I have something going on here. But it really takes kind of getting that first victory for you to figure out that, hey, it's possible for us. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's it's hard to get past that. Um, And I and I love how like I love how you're able to to tell your story, not the highlight reel, but like the real of of what's happened. I I just had a conversation with one of my best friends, um, Brandon, and, and he has such a cool um, well, I guess it's not cool. He has a very painful story, but what's cool is right. where he is now and how he was able right. to be such a successful dude, um, going through the, the pain and the childhood trauma that he had. And, uh, it, he was talking about doing a YouTube channel. I'm like, dude, you, you got to let people know, like in on that, because that's a, when you're able to share that stuff it and, right. and let other people know. Because there's going to be a lot of people that are silent, that are listening, that can relate, that probably don't have a lot of people to relate to because that's 
some of these pains are like silent pains, right? That we all have. And when we are able to share them and like, it's this huge connection point with, with a lot of people that don't have a voice and love to know that they're not alone in these times. And, uh, one of the, my favorite thing about this show so far has been just talking about like, what is, you know, how do we create impact and freedom in our life and empowering people to like make these leaps, try something new. Um, you know, if you have a story, you have a voice, like get it out there. And I love how you were able to make that transition, even though, you know, you, you were successful in your own career. Yeah. Yeah. It's an insane thing, man. It's, um, Life's got a funny way of showing you opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it presents itself in crazy ways. And I think you, it goes down to that key component that you alluded to. It's like, you have to, you have to be willing to share your story. And, uh, I think a concept that I adopt a lot in my life is that everybody's broken, you know, everybody in, in some, in some core principle has trauma things they've experienced, stories that they're holding on to. And a lot of it is the silent majority that are holding on to those things because they feel the vulnerability of letting them out. And I get it, man. Like I was, um, I started out as an anonymous account and I still have a pseudo name. Right. And so, uh, but I started putting my face out there. I started coming on podcasts, telling my story. And I think it's, I respected the journey enough to try to protect myself. But what I realized is the more and more I put myself out there, the more people that reach out and say, man, thank you so much. Cause that gives me power to tell my story. 100%. And, and I think that's, I mean, if there's anything I want to do, I mean, providing for my family, building uh, a social media presence, but really the, the thing that keeps me up, keeps me going uh, every single day is, providing people a platform to feel comfortable and sharing their story and, and letting them understand that no matter where you come from or what you do, no level of intelligence or socioeconomic status, like you deserve to build a legacy for yourself and your family. And that's not, that doesn't, that's not, that's not uh, isolated to a select few that's available to the majority of people. They just have to realize they, they can do it. Yep. hundred percent. I love that. So tell us, um, was it 2001 when you, you built 135,000 followers within one year? 2021 is when I started Two, my, is that what I said? What I, did I say? You said 2001. Oh, in 2001, yes. I was, um, I'm old. man, let's see. Yeah, you're a lot older than me. Let's see. Um, <laughs> I got you right there, buddy. It is true. No, I just turned 31. So in 2001, I was not. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But so in 2021, so I, started in my, I started my account in August. Uh-huh. Uh, in about a year, I had grown to over 100,000 followers. And now I'm clipping at, I think I just went over 307,000 followers. Wow. So take us through, I, and I know like, I know, you know, a lot of people try to hit the social. Um, it's really hard to get, to get going, get traction. So there's going to be a lot of, a lot of posts and a lot of things that don't get anything. What got you through the, um, to that exponential curve? Yeah. So the first five months I grew to about 8,000 followers 
I did the common mistakes like everybody. I was in engagement groups, which I think served their place. So like I was exchanging comments and different things with other people and then, which is great and all, but it still didn't feel very like, like I was being myself. Well, then I just, I really, really found people around me that were, that were wanting to grow, that were building an audience on Twitter and almost just in, invested in this group of five or 10 people that we would hold each other accountable to posting every day. We would encourage each other with likes and retweets and comments. And that really started compounding over time. And it, I think it lends itself to a very important principle in our creator economy. And it's, I mean, no, no person's an Island, right? Like any, mm -hmm. there is no valor in trying to do things on your own. I mean, whether it's investing in coaching or doing it with other people or coming on podcasts, I mean, it, the best thing about being a creator is being able to network with other creators. I mean, we all have this uniqueness. I think of it like the Avengers, right? Like everybody has their own unique superpower. Like it's super mm -hmm. cool. Like some people are really good at, at podcast hosting like you. And some people are good at YouTube and Twitter and LinkedIn. Some people are dynamiting Canva. Some people can do Adobe Acrobat like nobody else. Like there's just so many cool I mean, there's people specializing in everything from ghostwriting like me to, to pumping out VSLs to banner redesigns. Like, there's so many opportunities in our economy. I, I was watching these videos earlier, and it's the traditional path that we're on right now that we were accustomed to growing up and and kind of beat over the head with in, in our educational program is school, 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 job, 40 years, retire, go. And now there's an unlimited amount of possibilities to unlock your personal superpower in the creator economy and you monetize. I mean, truly monetize. I mean, the six figure income was this is the status symbol in our society. And it's, it's not even that out of reach for people in the, in the creator economy anymore. You're one mid to high ticket skill away and five to 10 clients from becoming a, a six figure year earner in our society. I mean, it's insane. Oh, it's it wild, man. Yeah, it I'm telling you. And the thing about it is you don't need a college degree. It doesn't take a lot of time. You just need personal investment, trial and error, and to scale up. And belief in yourself, right? There's certain skills mm. that lend themselves to getting to scaling higher or lower. But the like me, I don't want to be a solopreneur, right? Like I'm not Justin Welsh. I don't want to be the guy that, is a one person business hires a couple people. And then like, I love working with people. I love leading teams. So I have a team of five, six people that I get to work with writers and VAs and executive assistants. Cause I like pouring into people, but like the yep. people that just want to sit on a beach with a MacBook and sipping my ties or whatever they want to do, all they have to do is have a Wi-Fi connection and three or four clients and they can right. live a comfortable lifestyle. It's so it's so limitless. Like it, it, the, the horizon is long and far. And I think not a lot of people know about it. It's like, I didn't know about any of this stuff, man. I just stumbled into some crazy corner of Twitter and figured it out. And I think a, a re-education, we almost have a Renaissance per se, right? Like you're seeing it take over the algorithm and people are figuring it out slowly, but surely. And I think people need to realize that it, like as soon you, Right now, we're in an early mover stage of the creator economy still. Like, there's still a lot of opportunity. It's not saturated. 
there's plenty of people that need services out there. So I think now is the time for people to really learn like I did, man, like just start something, just start, like start with a post, start with a profile, start with a skill, start with working for others. And then if you want to make the decision to go on your own, like you can do it, man. It's, it's really cool. The opportunity we're seeing in our society right now. It is. It's, it's crazy. And it's crazy that, you know, even the phrase, the creator economy, um, right. I think on the outside seems so like toy ish. Right. But like yeah. when you're in it and you see what people are doing and at yeah. the scale and the levity of it, it makes the traditional ways of making money just seem so obsolete. Like, you know, you look at like, uh, I know before, so I, I have an insurance agency and I purchased that like six, seven years ago. Um, but prior to that, I was looking at, um, all kinds of franchises to get involved in and just, it was crazy. The, the margins that were so slim, like, like if you have a, at least back when I was looking at it, if you had like a, like a, um, what do you call it? The uh, foot long subway. Subway. <laughs> yeah. If you have Good a subway, you, yeah, uh, it, it'd be hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, it might be 500,000 invested, right? But that store is only, only going to net you like 5K a month in profit. And wow. like, imagine the overhead and, and the everything, the amount of employees that you need and turnover and everything. And then, not to mention after 2020, it's like, well, your business can be gone really quickly, you know, and that's a lot to be writing on yeah. that. Um, that's right. And then you look at like the creator economy to your point, you can have a skill um, right. that is totally obtainable. Like you could just YouTube it, right. You can YouTube a skill. Yeah. Um, and with a few clients, you can eclipse what you would make as a business owner of a national chain with just a few clients like from anywhere we're talking lawyer money buddy yeah yeah lawyer i mean it's crazy crazy. man like because as you go you're only getting more skilled and your uh time is only getting more valuable and i think i think most people we treat we treat investments like slot machines at times right so like Mm. people are like man if i put 10 hours in, I want X number of dollars or like, where's my money? Where's my money? And Mm. people aren't willing to delay that gratification even for three months, six months, nine months. I didn't get paid for a full year. Yeah. I mean, I did, I, I lost money the first year I was on Twitter to be honest with you. And then I finally started getting paid and started selling roadmap. And then I invested more money. I was probably at, like, I wasn't even paying myself mostly when I was working at nine to five until I started saving up enough money in reserve to walk away and have a runway. Mm. And it's, it's insane, man. Like uh, when you say that to people, they're like, Oh man, I can't put time into something I ain't going to get paid for. And I'm like, well, wait, wait, choose your hard. I mean, what's your hard today? You know, like my hard was I'm staring at, an insurmountable amount of debt that I have no idea I'm going to get out of. And I'm, I don't, there's not enough raises in my nine to five world that could have helped me get that debt. So it was either figure out something on Twitter or go start cutting grass on the weekends. 
And right. so like, you got to choose right. it, man. You got to choose what you're willing to put up with and for how long. And if we don't start choosing that kind of stuff, we're going to wake up one day and realize we just didn't do anything. Yep. hundred yeah. percent. It's uh, I, I did a podcast on this a while ago or the other day, um, but it was payoff versus payout. And I think this is a good point to make where it's like people that like a really good business owner understands that they're looking for the payoff, right? The payoff can be huge, but the payoff is usually far out. And most business owners that can delay that gratification the longest can build the biggest. Um, and it's kind of like why, you know, people work for a paycheck is because they can only delay the gratification for a couple of weeks. Right. So it's right. like the further out that you can look, the bigger you can grow. And as a business owner, I think that that is so incredibly important. And to your point, that's how you built your business. Right. Right. That's right. I love that. I love that. Um, so uh, talk about your agency. How do you help uh, people grow on Twitter? Yeah. So it's a pretty straightforward process. Uh, we work with, Really, anybody that wants to grow a brand, uh, our process is set up in a way where we can match voice, tone, and direction from people from different verticals, all the way from finance to productivity to fitness to crypto uh, to heavy machinery, whatever people have a passion for and want to grow a brand around. We have the systems and processes to do that. So the way we do it is pretty simple. Uh, let's say you wanted to sign up uh, to work with our ghostwriting agency today, right? So I would say, hey, welcome. We would handle all the logistics and then we would get you your onboarding form. That has 19 questions. That gives us everything we need to start writing for you. Uh, that gives us things not to talk about, things to talk about, focus area, resources, literally everything our team needs to start creating your initial content package. While that's going on, we get logged into your Twitter, uh, get access to that. We get you logged into our content operating system. And our method's pretty simple. We create 60 posts per month. Um, that's 52 tweets, eight threads. Uh, we get all that going for you. We deliver the initial content package, which is the most important. You look over that for voice, tone, and direction. And then we handle all the logistics once that's approved. And then every week we deliver new content to our clients for them to review. And the cool thing about how we do it is people, it has asynchronized communication. So let's say something amazing happens in your life or something crazy happens in your field and you want us to talk about that you can realistically just go into your slack channel or into your content operating system update our team and we start preparing real-time content to make sure we're staying up with current events i love it i love it what um what are some tips that you could give <laughs> listeners that might not be a hundred percent ready for your service, but like what, what could get them started, get them a little traction going to, uh, prior. The number one question we have to ask ourselves when doing anything, especially growing a brand on Twitter is what is your goal? Um, that's the number one question. That's the first question I ask on all my sales calls. That's the first questions I ask in onboarding. What is your goal? Um, because let's say you, you don't have any money and your goal is to make money, right? Well, if I told you to sit here and spend the next six months building your brand before you ask for money, you're going to be pretty mad at me. 
right? Because right. you probably got bills due. You got your spouse breathing down your neck. Like <laughs> you, you got kids to feed. I mean, I know I got kids to feed. So yeah. if your goal is to, if your goal is to make money, well, number one, you need a skill. Like you need to have some type of skill and that doesn't have to be what I did. Like if you're an insurance guy and you want to make money and let's say you want to sell life insurance or whatever, right? Well, then you need to identify what your offer is. Hey, I can help you uh, make sure your family's taken care of for the rest of your life. Well, then you got to figure out who your ideal customer is. And then you need to start doing outreach. You need to start posting content of why it's important to buy life insurance. You need to address the pain points. You need to, you need to, make everything on your timeline, make people understand the importance of building and buying a life insurance policy. And then you start outreach, you set up a funnel of like people can get on a call, different things like this. But let's say your goal isn't to make money. Let's say you, let's say you understand the long game. Let's say you want to, you want to build a brand that's going to last. Well, then what I tell people is you need to understand what, who you're talking to, right? Who are you talking to? Like, are you talking to yourself from 20 years ago? That's who I talk to a lot. I talk to my, I talk to my 11 year old self that wishes he had an adult to tell him what to do, right? Or to give him some encouragement. My dad did the best he could, but I wish I had a lot more role models in my life. I talk to my 23 year old self that wishes somebody would have hit me over the head and told me to start this Twitter account sooner or to start building a skill sooner or to start like investing in myself sooner whether it's sales or marketing or personal fitness, like all these things. Like I talked, I talked to that person, but you have to identify who you're talking to. And so what I tell people is don't overdo it. You don't need to sell 10, you don't need to send 10 tweets uh, a day to be successful. Do what, if you show up every day, you will win in the long run. So if you're posting every day, engaging with people, I'm not saying go crazy. Don't, don't post, don't have to engage a hundred people a day or something crazy. Like find your people, uh, build your list, set up time, be methodical about it. Just like you, like if you're spending three hours and I, 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 I'll tell you this, this is a funny, I, the day I started this profile, I put my Xbox up in this closet over here. Oh, right? really? So like, yeah. So I was spending hours on my Xbox, man. It was insane. And so I just throw my Xbox in the closet and I say, I'm not allowed to touch that thing anymore. And all the time I was putting into that Xbox, I put into Twitter. And there's something in everybody's life that we put our time, focus and energy into. And it's probably not serving us very well. And so people need to realize like at some point you have to make a stark decision in your life. And you have to say, what am I, what am I willing to sacrifice now to have what I want tomorrow and 10 years from now? And so the advice I would give people is figure out what are you giving your time to now? And notice I'm not really talking that much about thread templates and, and formatting and all that stuff. And all that stuff has its place, but all of it's void if you don't have the right mindset going into it. Mm-hmm. And before I take any money from anybody, before I sign any clients, before I tell anybody to get on Twitter, I have to understand that they have the right mindset for it. Because if you that. don't understand, if you if you think that this thing's a slot machine that you can come in, you're going to pull that lever, and in three months it's going to spit out a bunch of stuff for you, and then I don't you don't need to do it. But if you're willing to show up every day, 
be your genuine, authentic self and give more than you receive. It's all, uh, it's a spirit of abundance over a spirit of fear. Talk about it all the time. I want to have a spirit of abundance. I don't want to have a spirit of fear because when I'm, when I'm operating out of a spirit of fear, I get desperate and desperation leads to all a load of mistakes in life. And so that's, I mean, that's a long answer, but the, the advice that I would really is first of all, figure out your why. And then once you figure out your why, figure out who, and then, then you can move on to figuring how, whether it's threads or giveaways or tweets until you figure out your why and your who, you don't have any business tweeting and writing threads. You know, like you got to figure out what you're doing. It for. What do you get most of the time that you ask that question? I want followers. Some people say that a lot. I want followers. And then my next thing is like, well, why? And then they're like, well, I, 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 know, I know how to coach people. Like I, I love fitness and I wish I, well, you don't want, I was like, well, how many people do you want to coach? 10. Well, if you had a hundred followers and 10 of them were clients, would you be happy with that? And they would be like, yeah. And I was like, well, good. Well, I'll still get you the followers, but I want you to understand you don't need the followers. It's just nice to have. Like me, I have 307,000 followers and they're all over the world. Right. But like, I don't, I have, I understand the long-term game of, I'm probably only talking to, I mean, I get 20 million impressions a month, anywhere from 10 to 20 million impressions a month. But I understand that there's probably only a handful of true fans on here. Right. So people need to understand, like most of the time they say, I want followers or I want more money. I'm like, well, what does that mean? And they're like, well, I want more leads. I'm like, well, what does more leads mean? I was like, why don't you just go pay for YouTube ads or Facebook ads? Why are you, why are you building? Like the number one reason to build a, an account on Twitter isn't for money. It isn't for followers. It isn't for any of that. It's for access. You, Twitter gives you access to an entire network of people. I mean, I'm talking all the way. I mean, there's possibility Elon Musk is going to see your tweet all the way down to some random guy in Alabama on a podcast. Right. So like you, you to understand that Twitter is a long game. That's about getting access, being authentic and a personal brand is an asset that is going to serve people for the rest of their lives. Right. It's something that a job when you get when you get fired from your job, they can't take away your personal brand. Let's say you have a business right now and you came to me and they're like, well, like I want to build up my insurance page. Right. I want to build my insurance page. I'm like, well, why are you going to do that? They're like, oh, I want to sell more insurance. I'm like, well, why not build up the page around you and use that to funnel them to insurance? Because what if you don't care about insurance in five years? Right. What if you lose that passion? Well, then you can go to your audience. You say, hey, listen, I know I've been doing insurance for the last five years, but now I'm, I want to raise puppies in the Tennessee mountains or whatever, right? Like right. you have the freedom to do that. And that's the point, man. Like that's what I tell people is like you get access and mobility. Like that's what, that's what Twitter gives you. And building a personal brand gives you all of that. 100%. I love that. I can't agree more, but. I can imagine that from what people want to, or well, like what 
people need to like what they want or is, is kind of a struggle to to get there. Yeah. And clarity seems to be a very big issue um, a lot of times right. with uh, with the whole social strategy. I think it's because a lot of times we get so clouded with the just the idea right. of like we see other people that have built all this stuff underneath this brand and we just see right. the you know we see the he's got half a million yeah half a million likes and like they think that that's the thing but it's like dude it's all this stuff built under it that you're really you right. want to do and that isn't that so but you got yeah but you got to have you have to you got to have you have thing. to give yourself the hockey stick moment yeah you know, you have to give yourself enough time for the hockey stick moment. I mean, if you go look at my Twitter right now, I've tweeted over 20,000 tweets. Wow. 20,000 tweets. And that to be honest, incredible. to be honest, I've probably grown my off, my my following off less than five, 10 to 5% of that. Wow. Think about that. Yeah, like that that viral threads or uh, like, but it took all those tweets and all those reps to get to a point where I could have a, a possibility of a firework moment, and that's what like that's what people don't see. I talk about this principle all the time. You see a you can see an athlete, right? You see an athlete at, at the top of his game, and I'm a former athlete, so I, I resonate with this a lot. So. You see an athlete at the top of his game. When, when we both look at him, like let's say you and I are sitting next to each other, you see a guy that's fast or that's catching a ball well or scoring a touchdown. Most of the time when I see people like that, the first thing I think of is where did they sleep at night? And like how when did they wake up in the morning? And how many late workouts – or how many cut teams or missed opportunity and all this stuff that they have to overcome to get here. Yeah. And then are, would you be willing to do the same thing? And most of us wouldn't, and that's okay. And I, I do want to caveat this. Um, the creator economy, entrepreneurship, so all this stuff, all these buzzwords, they're great. It's not made for everybody. Like, no, but I, I, I'm not delusional. Like the nine to five, served me and my family very well and one day i might have to do it again i don't know i i hope not but if i do i'll do it with pride because that's what i got to do but yep. like i don't want to i don't want to give the delusion that like everybody can do it because it's not that attainable unless you're willing to put in the effort i do think right. everybody has an opportunity to do it but that doesn't mean everybody should so i do want to caveat that yeah, it's just it's like just talking to somebody else about this. It's like all the platforms, well, a lot of the platforms, you have the opportunity that they'll just put you in front of people if you're consistent posting some stuff. But they're going to put you in front of people. Like they're they're giving you the opportunity. Like we didn't have this cuz I am older. When I was young, you know, it was like either you're it's radio or TV, like or a news paper or a magazine, all of it was a huge barrier to entry, especially when it came to 
um, voice or video or anything like that is incredibly expensive. Nobody, but now, I mean, if you're willing to just put some stuff out there consistently, they're going to put it in front of some people and whether or not the people like it is a different story, but like you have the opportunity, like, so it's, it's something that we have now that we didn't have before that, that can create some pretty cool opportunities for us. Yeah. The on-ramp, the on-ramp's there for everybody. I mean, you just, and like, I mean, how long has the internet been around? Is it right. a decade and a half? Maybe longer now. I always think 20 years ago in 1980. What is, uh, how long has the internet been around? Not Midnight. that long. I mean, I, I remember getting dial up like late 90s. Like, right. you know, so we're talking what, 25 years of the yeah. internet here? That man. I would, say, I would say 15. I think the big, the big change. Because there was like a lot of people early 2000s buying stuff on the internet. But I think the big change was the was when people had the internet in their pocket. I think the phone. The phone. So like, yep. so yeah. That was probably, I mean, that didn't happen until like 09, 10. Yeah. I think 2007 or 8 is when the first iPhone came out. But there was no apps. So yeah. Right. Like, one, once a couple years and apps, like, holy crap, there, this can be a business. Yeah, a lot yes. of people are buying these things. I mean, now you have <laughs> access to people on a free app. We're yeah. talking Twitter here. Twitter's free. Well, now it's $8 a month. But still, I mean, right. you got $8 <laughs> a month. It's incredible. And what I like about Twitter, too, is that um, you don't have to write anything long. I mean, it's not it's not labor-intensive like a YouTube you know, where it's like you're trying to keep up with thumbnails and titles and, um, you know, flashy editing. It's like Twitter can can be simple. And if you have a message and you're not afraid to share it, that, you know, right. you can get some good traction. Yes, sir. Super cool, man. Well, I'm thank you so much for going the distance. Um, is there anything that you could give as like a number one piece of advice for anybody thinking about going into Twitter or if there's anything else that I haven't asked that I should have. <laughs> uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed the conversation. Um, my yeah, first man, piece stoked. of advice, my piece of advice would be start and scale. You know, like when I started, it was just, I had no, like, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea where I was going. If you would ask me two years ago if I would be in the position I am now with my business and my family and my freedom, I would have probably punched you in the face. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I probably would have, I probably would have called you crazy, man. But there's power in showing up every day, being your authentic self, but then also just like, I think the number one thing that I take away from this entire journey is a natural curiosity in people. Like I love people. Like I love, like I love learning about you and like, I love learning about my clients and Twitter is amazing to me because it's just a bunch of people like, and the commonality is like, none of us have it figured out. Like right. None of us have a clue what's going on. Like we're all just trying, like we might be at different levels and like we, 
Like Elon Musk has just as many problems, if not more than we do. And like nobody's on a pedestal. And that's what I love about Twitter. It's like all of us are just, it's like you're just hanging out. Like you're just hanging out. Like don't take it too seriously. Don't be a robot. Like post a meme, tell a joke, give somebody heck for something they did. Like just be a, be a, be a friend to people, you know? And like when you treat it like a a conversation instead of conversion, Mm. I mean, it it is so powerful. Like it can bring you joy. It's not a soul sucking demonized social media app. That's going to like brainwash you and take over your soul. It gives you life, you know, it gives you the ability to do what all humans were put on this earth to do. And that's to connect with other humans. I love that, man. Super fantastic. Your outlook on everything is just so awesome. Um, I appreciate cool. that, buddy. Yeah, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for going the distance. Absolutely, man.